Sponsored by Just Eat. Woo! Tap into Ireland's leading food ordering app. Just Eat. Find your flavour. On McDermott on 2FM. With Transport for Ireland. Plan your journey door to door with our free TFI Journey Planner app. Chris Wasser is here. Hello, Chris Wasser. Hello, Owen McDermott. Now, this is a big day on the movie scene because two big ones to get amongst and they're interesting prospects for very different reasons. The first one we're going to do is Glass. Yes. Which is the follow-up to M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable. And Split. And, oh, and Split. Yeah. Yeah. Split uh, was the more recent one, yeah. Split was the more recent one. Unbreakable was released 19 years ago, if you can believe it. Yeah, and Split was out two, three years ago. So, uh, yeah, it's a long gestating trilogy for M. Night Shyamalan. Even after Unbreakable came out, he said, I'd love to, I've got more stories here. I even cut some stuff out of the film. And you know what? I went back and rewatched Unbreakable only a few weeks ago. Which I recall I enjoyed. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, he, he peaked, I think Shyamalan peaked with The Sixth Sense. That was his breakthrough film made a fortune it was nominated for a rake of oscars and it's a very good ghost story it probably only works the first time around but it is a very good piece of filmmaking everything else has either been atrocious think the happening uh, very average think the village or kind of awkward think science but unbreakable was a little bit different in that there are some genius ideas at play and some very good performances in there if you haven't seen it it's about a security guard in philadelphia by the name of david dunn he's played very well by bruce willis and he is the only survivor of a devastating train crash on board is you know 150 people and they all die and he starts to think that he might be unbreakable, that he might be something of a Superman because he's never been sick in his life. He can he can lift uh, everything. You know, he, he, there's a very good scene where he's lifting weights and he realizes he can lift anything. He's super strong. And Samuel Jackson played this comic book uh, collector and theorist who believed that, you know, you are a Superman and I might be the super villain uh, equivalent. Um, but, you know, there's a big twist in it. It's very good. It probably didn't need a sequel, but it was that good that, you know, people wanted the next story. Uh, Split then was released a few years back. It was about James McAvoy playing this uh, young fellow who has uh, dissociative identity disorder, multiple personality disorder, basically. And he plays 23 different characters. One of them is called The Beast. He kidnaps teenage girls, turns into this monster. Long story short, the big twist in that was that it was actually a spin-off to Unbreakable. So because that made a fortune, M. Night Shyamalan was then, you know, given lots of money and said, go and make that big... Oh, split made a fortune. Uh, split made a fortune. I think it only cost something like $5 million to make, but it made uh, $250 million plus wow. at the box office. It is, you know, on, when you compare the budget and then the, the overall the gross, it's one of the biggest horrors of all time. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we take a clip of Glass or do you want to set it up first? I'll set it up. Uh, long story short, uh, we are led to believe that David Dunn from the first film, Bruce Willis's character, he's been operating as a hooded vigilante, vigilante known as the Overseer for about 15 years in Philadelphia. And his son is helping him basically beat up bad guys and criminals in Philadelphia using his super strength. Anyway, uh, the police are closing in on him and uh, David also happens to be closing in on James McAvoy's beast character. Uh, one thing leads to another and the two of them end up having a scrap with the police interrupt them they're both arrested they're both thrown into a psychiatric hospital where a doctor by the name of Dr. Ellie Staple played by Sarah Paulson uh, is going to fix them she says you know she specialises in people who believe they have superhuman abilities I'm here to tell you that you don't I'm going to debunk your beliefs and you know who else is also at the hospital Elijah Price Dr. or Mr. Glass Samuel L. Jackson's character so Mr. Glass gets this idea into his head to break himself and James McAvoy's beast out of the hospital and wreak havoc and David Dunn's going to have to save the day okay let's have a little clip this is glass 
Everything extraordinary can be explained away, and yet it is true. Everything we will see and do will have a basis in science, but it will have limits. This is the real world, not a cartoon. And yet some of us don't die from bullets. Some of us can still bend steel. Right, little clip of glass there. Right. Now, I assume you need to... Is there a snazzy recap at the start? No. Or do you need to have seen the two films? Oh, it will help if you've seen the two of them. Definitely. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. So that probably rules out a lot of people, actually. Uh, it might do, but a lot of people hold Unbreakable in very high, in, in high regard. And as I said, a lot of people went to see Split. So, yeah, there's an audience for, for this, definitely. Okay. Uh, what's right with it? What's right with it? Not a whole lot. Um, oh unfortunately, it's a sequel to two very different films, and M. Night Shyamalan has decided very late in the day that these two films are related, but that works about as well as mixing water with oil, and you'll see what I mean, because you've got, you know, Unbreakable was this really low-key, very quiet, patient thriller, whereas uh, Split was just bananas, and it was this noisy, hyperactive horror, and when you put the two of them together with a guy who's very famous for overriding things, and very famous for throwing in absurd twists at the end of his films, they just don't work, and I'm sorry to say that the story here is staggeringly stupid i mean <laughs> i just, i know i said earlier like m night Shyamalan acquired a lot of money i should correct myself and say that he was offered a lot of money by both universal and disney but he ended up uh, signing a distribution deal with them and decided to pay for the film himself so it, it it's very low budget considering the talent and considering the, the the hype around it and it shows because i have never seen such a cheap film have such a big push behind it at one stage it just looks like a youtube video where a guy in a raincoat is fighting a football hooligan in a car park it seriously looks as though they were given just two weeks to shoot this film outside an abandoned hospital and they worked at what they had and what they have in terms of cast members it's an awful shame to see samuel L. jackson barely registering the great sarah paulson just in ro robot mode bruce willis looks like he wears this look throughout the film that tells us that he's thinking about the fact that he might have left the oven on at home he is just not interested Phoner, in what's yeah. going on here and james mcavoy is just it, uh, we're getting the ultimate James McAvoy showreel here because as I said he's playing 23 different personalities it's not very good at all it is quite stupid dim-witted overwritten but I will give it an extra star on because okay, it on. has the word gobshite in there ah gobshite yeah that's good the first American mainstream superhero film to feature the word gobshite but it is awful out of five Two. I'm giving oh, okay. it. I'm giving it the extra star just for that just word. Just for gobshed. Okay, so one with a, a bonus point for yes. gobshed. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to do Mary Queen of Scots. We are with Margot Robbie and more importantly, our very own Saoirse Ronan. Right after this. Let's go. This is two M. Two stars for Glass, the follow-up to Unbreakable, and um, what's the other one? Split. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's move on now to stuff with, um, I guess, uh, a more potent interest closer to home. Yes. Mary, Queen of Scots. Yes. Which stars Mar Margot Robbie and our very own Saoirse Ronan. Now, Saoirse's a friend of the show. Right. And she occasionally listens, Mar um, uh, uh, Chris. I'm not Margot. You're not Margot, you're Chris. Right. So you look equally beautiful. Thank you. Um, so, watch yourself. Right. I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on, talk to me. Um, if you'd asked me a year ago 
what to expect from this film. I just from looking at that cast sheet, um, the story involved, I would have said Oscars all round. Um, so I was kind of surprised then before I'd seen this uh, to see that there wasn't an awful lot of awards buzz around this. It is picking up a few nominations here and there, but not quite as much as what I had anticipated. Uh, so clearly something had gone wrong. And after watching it, I do think something has gone wrong. You shut your filthy mouth. Um so story-wise, it's set in 1561 and Mary Stuart, uh, the former Queen of France, played by Sarah Sharon, and her husband has died. She was married at 16. Her husband dies. She's 18. She decides to come back to her native Scotland uh, to sit on the throne. It's her birthright to reclaim the throne. Um, this doesn't go down well with the lads, uh, the boys in her court, and it doesn't go down well with England's Queen Elizabeth I, played by Margot Robbie. Um, so this kind of power battle ensues uh, where, you know, Mary Stuart is not taken very seriously on the throne because she is a woman and Queen Elizabeth is also undermined by by the lads around her. So we kind of spend two hours uh, building towards this uh, epic meeting and I should say in real life these two monarchs never actually met but you know we'll just you know historical accuracies aren't important here and we kind of go through everything from you know their governing to uh, battles in love uh, power there's an awful lot going on in here but let's just say that uh, oh yes and Mary Stuart and, and, and Elizabeth were cousins but this film is very much about their sisterhoods they kind of spent two hours communicating you know through uh, true letters to each other up until the uh, the famous meeting as i said that never actually happened let's have a clip do you think it might stand with my honor to marry my sister's subject it is true that an earl is not a prince surely there can be no greater honor than to match yourself with a nobleman by whom you inherit such a kingdom as england i have such inheritance by blood regardless of who i marry or do not marry we hope we do not vex the Earl. Not in the least, madam. I appreciate your honesty. We see why our cousin is so fond of the Earl. I hope I do not vex the... Oh, that's very good, on Very good. That was, that was Indian, Chris, is what you did. That's not it. That was You just Scottish. did an Indian accent. I can't eat lie. It was a bit Indian. Yeah, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that was bad. Oh, God. Uh, okay. I'm off again. Okay, <laughs> we, we only have about 90 seconds to wrap it up. So, um... Uh, okay, initially you thought it was going to be something special. I did. And what? And why does it fall short? What about okay. the performances? The performances are very, very good. Uh, Saoirse Ronan is determined, invested, uh, committed. The accent's brilliant. Uh, any scene in which she's in, she just always lights up the screen. She's brilliant here. Margot Robbie is exceptional here. They're just let down by a very clunky screenplay uh, provided by uh, Bo Willeman, who's the creator of House of Cards. Um and it is also directed by someone called or a woman called uh, Josie Rourke who has a largely uh, theatrical background and unfortunately that carries on through into the film because the film is quite stagey at times it kind of feels like a filmed play and that's now, not I hear that a lot what does yeah. that mean in real life it basically when you <laughs> When, when when things are when I say that the film is stagey basically you can get away with stuff on the stage and in a play that you can't in film so the conversations that people might have with each other or the way a scene is framed it's all just a bit too ordinary it's all just a bit too stilted and lifeless uh, now when there's an audience in front of those scenes it kind of changes it all but when you've got a camera when you've got a film like this with a larger budget it just shows it looks a bit cheap or there's like a charisma missing or there's an energy missing so it looks great for the stage or a could look great on television but as a cinematic portrayal of these events it doesn't just 
doesn't work does that answer your question yes okay um okay so i did find it a little bit dull a little bit drab at times it just about gets by on the performances so seriously friend of the show she is remarkable here margot robbie's remarkable one would say she saves it she saves the show she does she always does Uh, brilliance they're just stuck inside a very ordinary film although i should say it is beautiful to look at at times and the score is brilliant and david tennant is fantastic as the protestant cleric uh, john knox he's very good in this there's a lot of shouting matches going on so worth the watch but it's nothing special out of five three okay solid yes. there you go and search is amazing yes and i hope you enjoyed my uh, explanation of staginess yes yes thank you chris thank you all hey! this is two